Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thank you for listening to AFR. As the announcer just told you, my name's Tim Wildman, and I'll be with you with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Tim. And Steve Jordahl. Good morning. For the next hour and 25 minutes. Uh, Fred Jackson's not here. Chris Woodruff's not here, so... Our quarterback is Steve Jordahl. The A-team right. is here. He's going to take us to the championship. Steve Jordahl is now. Tom Brady has had to leave the field. And, um, so who so is he? It's he's, either, he's not Tom well, Brady. So. No, so if Tom Tom Brady got in when – who was it that got injured? That was uh, Bledsoe. Yes, okay, so Bledsoe, Bledsoe left Bledsoe. the field. And, so am I Bledsoe or am uh, I Brady? That's a good, that's a, we all ask ourselves that point at some point in life. <laughs> at some point, that's right. <laughs> am I, am I, am I Bledsoe, Bledsoe or uh, Tom Brady? Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening again to AFR. If you want to watch our show on what Ed calls that there, Internet, Facebook or YouTube, we're live video streaming right now, so just type in Today's Issues, Today's Issues, uh, and you can check us out there. We do post the stories that we discuss on our Facebook page. Well, speaking of big social media, Steve, the big story is what? Yeah, so the deal between Elon Musk and Twitter is done. He uh, managed to convince the shareholders to take the uh, the money. How much did he pay? Uh, $44 billion is what he paid. Maybe it's pocket change for him. He's got hundreds of billions. Right. Um, But uh, that's real money. It's more than I make in a year. I'll just just tell you that right now. More than twice. Even with your your stock investments and everything? Even with that. It's it's out of my league. (laughs) (laughs) He gave the investors a third again over their stock price of what it was before his his interest in the company was known. So uh, they're making out good. In fact, they kind of had to do it. There was a lot of talk about... Uh, lawsuits um, because the the board has fiduciary duties, meaning they have to look out for the financial interest of the shareholders. That's their job. Is their job is in social media platforms or free speech. Their job is make sure that the stock is taken care of. That's what the board does, and um, they 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 made a deal. They could have the board could have faced lawsuits if, for example. They had uh, caused the stock, the value of the stock of Twitter to tank so that somebody could else could come in and buy it. It's called the poison pill. The poison pill. That that you, They would have gotten in trouble with the shareholders Yeah, because you've destroyed the value of right. the stock, right. and, and that is the opposite of yep. what you're supposed to do. Yep. So they changed their mind over the weekend. It became clear that they realized the legal jeopardy that they were in. Yeah. I'm talking about the board. Why are, why are the lefties in meltdown mode? Over this, <laughs> well, it's it's really interesting. They they say they want to save democracy and letting people say whatever they want. If free speech is anti-democratic, they're afraid that uh, people like Trump are going to get on, and for some reason they're scared to death of what they're calling misinformation and such. 
that someone might assert that the elections in 2000 were stolen or something like that. And they just can't, they just can't handle it. They are freaking out. Well, that's, that's the logic that they're using. The logic that they're using is that the conservative ideas are a threat to democracy. (laughs) And therefore, if Twitter allows conservative ideas to be broadcast, Mm -hmm. broadly speaking, uh, that will destroy the democracy. Uh, media's in Bizarre. on this, too. Listen to this montage. This is just a couple of our, our media types, mainstream media types, lamenting uh, what's happening here at Cut 7. Elon Musk is the new power in the, at the social media giant, and he is foaming the runways for the return of the trolls. This is happening in the background of Elon Musk saying, basically, I want to buy Twitter so I can open it up and turn it into Gab and let Donald Trump back. So there are real consequences to allowing anybody to run these Internet sites and say whatever it is they want. And Elon Musk is the fox coming into the hen house, and it is shameful that Twitter, which has a fiduciary obligation, I would think, to protect people who actually use it, the millions of people who actually use it. Did they ask a single woman? A single woman, was a single woman consulted? And this is it was a single person of color who just uses Twitter, who made the mistake of using Twitter and needs it for their job. I think he misunderstands the term fiduciary, but uh... let me let me quote Tim Wildman here. Just shut up. OK, that that just makes no sense. <laughs> you know, interesting, Jack Dorsey, the founder of CEO, yeah. is embracing Elon. He said it's good, it's good that Elon Musk. The must only be. person that he would trust. He calls, uh, Dorsey calls Elon, uh, calls Twitter his biggest um, disappointment. You know, I can see where the idea that he had for Twitter got, could have gotten away from him. Yeah. yeah. It, it got away from him, and it became this big, well, he said, he said, uh, I, I believe that Elon Musk can save Twitter from Wall Street. Okay, in yeah. other words, from becoming just a product that people buy shares in. And, yeah. and uh, I think Dorsey and Musk are kind of on the, the simpatico. Yeah. And, and I talked to Dan Gaynor yesterday of Media Research Center, and he brought up an interesting point. You know, there are multi-billionaires on the left. They could have gotten a consortium of them together and right. outbid you know, Elon Musk, but they didn't. They could right. have, but they didn't. And so now the only way they're going to control it, according to Dan Gaynor, now they're going to depend on things like Europe, which has some very strong uh, socialist leanings. They're pretty authoritarian. Right. And they have rules about what you can and can't say on social media, et cetera. So they're hoping that Europe will rein them back in. Oh, this is great for free speech, okay? This is, uh, I don't know what will become of Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk is not a... He's a smart fella, uh, a genius in many ways. Oh, man. So he, he wants to take the company from public to private, and he'll put his own team in there, and I think that they'll flourish probably. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think the the left will be able to generate that much uh, cancellation, cancellations, that many cancellations to affect uh, Twitter that many. Uh, Twitter has been going down some anyway. And and there is a, a downside to it. There's a dark side to it. It yeah. is, you know, with free speech, you get uh, some things that none of us would like to see. Right. You know, it does get ugly sometimes. But uh, it's better that, to me, than the alternative, which is Twitter being used to uh, further promote a leftist agenda and to censor or squash 
right. a Christian and a conservative uh, message. And we and we need we have made this point on the show before. Elon Musk is 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 not a Christian, right? So his his worldview is not going to be ours. Although there is probably overlap. There's more overlap. He's a political libertarian, as I yes. understand it. So that's that's somewhere between a conservative and a liberal. In my yeah, day. and so usually libertarians are not going to agree with us on social issues, on moral issues, because they just believe kind of in a hyper-individualism. Whatever a person wants to do, they should be able to do, whether it's you know sexual, right. whether it's with drugs, that kind of thing. So we would have disagreements, but I would... I, but libertarians also don't like statism. They don't want the government, and they don't want big corporations right. censoring people because that prevents individual expression. So yeah. the uh, the blindness of the left is amazing. I know we're going to have Dr. Frank Turek on in a minute. Um, I want him to react to a quote, uh, a clip I have. Um, well, we'll introduce the doctor right now. Dr. Frank Turek uh, from Cross Examined Ministries, who's uh, has a who has a weekend show here on American Family Radio called Cross Examined, a very popular podcaster, and he travels the country speaking on college campuses, debating uh, and debating and or uh, talking to uh, college students about God, the Bible, Jesus Christ, morality. The afterlife, those kinds of things. Joining us now is Frank Turek. Good morning, Frank. Hey, good morning. Was just at LSU last night. Just got back, Louisiana State University. What it happened was, there? Well, we had about seven hundred there, and we were talking about. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. People can see it on our YouTube channel, cross-examined YouTube channel. They can see the whole thing, including the Q and A. But I don't know if you guys are informed right uh, this morning because. <laughs> I'm at the Babylon Bee, and you're talking about Musk acquiring Twitter, but according to their headline, it says this, Musk's Twitter purchase fails after 138,000 board votes found overnight. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Sounds like misinformation to me or a Russian plot. Oh, man. (laughs) Babylon Bee, they're just They're brilliant. Comic geniuses, they absolutely. Hey, uh, uh, all right, Steve, so you want to pitch? Yeah, so pitch. Frank, I want you to listen to this. I, the blind spot on the left uh, is just remarkable. It's almost unbelievable. I want you to hear, this is MSNBC chief legal reporter Ari Melber, and he's worried what might possibly conceivably happen should Twitter be an actual free speech platform. Listen to Cut 4. If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Now, obviously, Frank, uh, you know, he's spitballing here what might possibly happen. I can't imagine it happening, though, right? <laughs> no. In fact, uh, that's basically what the Google search engine did prior to the 2020 election. They shadow banned conservatives. I know because our website was shadow banned, as well as many other conservative websites I've talked to. It really all began in about July of 2020. And uh, when big tech has control, they can control what you see and what you can't see. So what he's saying there could be true. The problem is, if he's a leftist, that's exactly what his whole political orientation has been doing for the past several years. It's they, what, it's amazing that he could not see the irony 
of right. what he was fearing. Who who was that we were listening to? His name was Ari Melber. Um, he's, he's a commentator the, on where he's MSNBC's chief legal reporter. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. So, well, so I want to say to the guy, well, uh, my world and welcome to it, right. or <laughs> our world right. and welcome to it. This has been going on since Trump got elected. Mm-hmm. Right, right. What he was describing too, the uh, exhibit A is the way that the uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the New York Post story about the yes. about Hunter Biden's laptop scandal uh, two weeks prior to the election, and they did that on purpose so that it wouldn't hurt Biden in the election. Right. Hey, to quote Elon Musk, if that guy, if you could die from irony, that guy would die. Exactly. <laughs> dead. Exactly. I've been have been having fun, Frank, watching the reaction on Twitter. Uh, dozens and dozens of celebrities saying they're quitting the platform. I, I don't know how Twitter survives without them. But. You know what that is? <laughs> you know what that is? That's a, that's the old, uh, if if Trump wins the election, I'm leaving the country exactly. correct. Right. That's, that's, that's right. all that is. They're, they're not going to do that. Most hey, of them uh, aren't because they. Hey, did they did they tweet out they were leaving? Yes, exactly. <laughs> they did. This is oh, my man. last tweet. I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good right there. They tweeted out they were leaving Twitter, that's and right. they'll be back to tell you they've left Twitter. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious! That's 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 like trying to do a media fast with an app. <laughs> yeah, hey, right. you, is there an app for that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, do y'all really think that President Trump? President Trump said he's not going back to Twitter, even though. He will now be allowed to. He's got his own uh, platform he's tried to launch, which is akin to Twitter, right? Called Truth, Truth, Truth Social. Social. Yeah. Yeah, so I haven't used it or seen it. Of course, I'm not on Twitter either, except I do read some tweets uh, from people. Uh, but do you really think he's going to – Frank, you think President Trump's going to stay away from Twitter? I, I really don't know. I don't know what's going on. He said he uh, is. You know, that's why I was yeah. asking. Maybe, it'd probably be good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Well, yeah. The, uh, you you know, know, sometimes less is more. Yeah. Right? Well, if especially if he's trying to promote his, his own his new kind of movement, so you know, big his own version of big social. I don't think he would have done that had he known Elon Musk was going to no. buy Facebook. I'm talking about Trump would have right. invested the money in the in the. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think most of all, Trump is a businessman, and I think uh, six or seven months down the road, if he doesn't have a similar following on True Social that he did on Twitter. He's going to be doing both. Uh, he'll come yeah. back. I'm if, what a well, what a tragedy to have the f- a former president of the United States on Twitter. I know. Gee, <laughs> I mean, why is that such a big deal for the left? I know Donald <laughs> Trump can't be on Twitter. Well, why not? Trump derangement syndrome. Well, TDS. Exactly. Look, they they just honest, blinded by their hatred for him. Yeah, if you go on Twitter, Twitter, look, it's a sewer. It really is. I mean, there are more insults thrown in 288 characters uh, on Twitter than than any other social media site. I mean, I don't know what what Twitter does, but it brings out the worst in people. If you don't think people are depraved, if you don't think we need a savior, just go on Twitter for five minutes. No, that's that's absolutely true. I, for the first time ever, this past uh, I don't know, I've been on I've been on Twitter for about two months. Okay, and so I signed up. I, you know, well past, well past the, uh, the the time when this was what everybody was doing. So I am super Johnny Come Lately on this. The only reason I did was because I wanted to follow some hockey news, and everyone's tweeting. So right. I so I I did get on uh, Twitter. I don't think I've actually tweeted, but a time or two. But I I I absolutely agree with what you said, Frank, because 
I'm following stories <laughs> on Twitter having to do with with hockey, and it's how like, many times have you been checked into the boards? Oh, <laughs> well, that's on. one reason why I don't tweet. Okay? okay, and 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 here's the thing: basically, Twitter is like reading the comments on any story. That's just interaction between people. And it takes two seconds I know. for the insults to start. And 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 <laughs> like like uh, last night, I was you know reading a story, and somebody made a comment about my team's playoff uh, right. chances, and then somebody else right underneath it. Well, good comment, Captain Obvious, <laughs> and off they went. <laughs> no. Off they no. went. These two guys who don't know each other, and I'm convinced uh-huh. it's the anonymity. Uh, sure even even oh, though yeah. you have a Twitter handle and all that, these aren't people that you know. They're across the country or across the globe. You wouldn't talk that way to someone probably if you're sitting down no. at a Starbucks having coffee. Right. And you, you'd be a little nicer. But the fact that they can't reach across the table and sock you in the nose. I, was just I certainly wouldn't thing. talk that way, Captain Obvious. Great comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did the, a couple years ago, I, I did the same thing i signed up for twitter for the purpose of following some sports right and and i i did it for about two or three nights and i, I after and then i was going what am i doing <laughs> i'm just i'm i mean i don't mind killing i can kill time with the best of them right. if, if it's something i right. really, if, if it's something i really enjoy yeah right yeah. um but it, i was sitting and going what what i'm just reading comment after comment from people who I don't even know who they are sometimes, they don't, and, and obviously they don't know what they're talking about, and they're just hurling insults one at another. You and don't I even just, know if they're sane. Yeah, so I just <laughs> I just quit it. Yeah. And now every once in a while I'll try to go, you know, click on them, and they'll say, you need to subscribe to, you know, right. whatever. But, uh, all right, let's talk for just a minute while Frank has time. Ed, we, we issued a press release speaking, again, of big social, how they're controlled, uh, maybe not forever because Elon Musk is going to uh, take – at least Twitter and make it more fair uh, in the marketplace of ideas. But uh, yes, uh, the was it Google that did the pregnant man emoji? Or was that uh, no? It wasn't Google? It was Apple? Wasn't it? Uh, okay. It's Apple. Okay. So, what, what what did they do? Well, so Apple um, uh, changed up their emojis periodically, and by emojis, it's the little funny faces or little right, images right, that you right. put in. Uh, with your text messages, for example, and they what they did is they included a pregnant man emoji. Now, some people are calling it the beer gut emoji because <laughs> exactly. that's the only way, basically, a guy can look like that. But they did this to to please the transgender movement, right? Who insists it is possible for a man to be pregnant. Because what they're really talking about is a woman who claims to be a man. So we issued a a, a press release uh, through Hamilton Strategies, who handles our press. So we do that on Friday. They get it ready to go out. First so your thing quote in the appeared on the Fox News Channel, right? Yes. And what did you say, Ed? Well, I I, I said that this. Well, I can I can read. Would you read? I can read. Would you read your quote? Would you read Ed? Did Vita- you put Ed, it on Twitter? Ed's quote. Here, here's put it on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tweet this. Tweet so, it. Ed. Tweet it. Here's here's what I said, folks. I said, quote. <laughs> we can all hope that the lunacy being exhibited by corporate America and its thirst for woke approval will one day be rejected by the vast majority of people in this country, 
This woke pandering is also quite sad, as there really are people who are struggling with their identity and feel lost. The answer isn't to encourage them to continue wandering aimlessly in the darkness of their delusion, because that will only prolong their suffering. The answer is the gospel and the love of God. That is the light that will help the lost find their way home and find the peace they desire. And Fox News, to their credit, included that last portion in their story on this. We weren't the only group that they covered as responding to what Apple did, but they actually included the statement that I made in the press release that the answer is the gospel and the love of God. So good for Fox. If you didn't have Twitter enemies before, you certainly got them now. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> if they're not going to post it uh, on the Boston Bruins Twitter feed, I'm not reading it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what uh, what do you Frank any comment on this the delu you use the word did you use the delusion. word delusion yeah. yeah well it it reminds me of an over 55 community you know in an over 55 community none of the women are pregnant but all the men look like they are so no oh, i mean look it, it's it's Obvious. We've gone in a few short years from the Kavanaugh hearings, which we're supposed during the Kavanaugh hearings, we we're supposed to believe every woman. And now we're asking the question, what's a woman? Right. I mean, true. How, how could we have gone from believe every woman to what's a woman in three or four years from the Kavanaugh <laughs> to the Jackson hearings? Well, it's because Christians haven't been engaged. Christians have just let the culture continue to degrade. And as you pointed out, I think eloquently, unusual for you, Ed. <laughs> I did have time to consider my words. So. But you had to point out how much pain people will stay in even if they go down the transgender route. Do you know that the suicide rate for transgender people after the surgery is 19 times higher than the general public? I mean, there's a honeymoon period right. where people feel better. But then when you go 10 years out of the surgery... It's 19 times higher than the general public. Why? Why are you said Christians are not engaged? I absolutely agree. I have my ideas as to why. Why do you think Christians are not engaging on this issue we or are. haven't been? Well, we are, but I'm saying people generally in the church don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Well, that we, we, it's not just this issue. We haven't touched the evidence for Christianity for the past 100 years. We've been anti-intellectual ever since the 1920s. We've separated from the culture rather than been engaged in the culture, present company excluded, obviously. Uh, so that's the problem. When you take the godly influence out of the culture, is it any wonder the culture goes godless? You got to be salt. Christians have to be salt and light, don't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. They do. Yeah. And I think that's why a, I think that's why God has been blessing American Family Association and American Family Radio. We just came through our spring share -a God is blessing us. I think it's because we won't back down. You won't either. And there, and there are other... There are others who are in this fight, but we won't back down from the truth, and we are saying things with a boldness that increasingly a lot of Christians want to see in the pulpit, but maybe pastors are hesitant to, to, to touch these issues. Hey, let me say one thing about that. Our mutual friend Tony Perkins says 
that if you start preaching the truth, whether it intersects with politics or not, if you just tell people the truth, you're going to lose some people from your church, but you're going to gain a whole bunch more who are going to be fully devoted disciples, and that's what you want. That's what we need to do. Amen. Amen. Well, give us your website and what's coming up on your show Saturday. Crossexamined.org. This week, I'm actually going to have my son on the show because next week our new book comes out called Hollywood Heroes, How Your Favorite Movies Reveal God. So we're going to be talking about that. All right, check out Frank's show. That's Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Central Time on American Family Radio, cross-examined, and then Sunday afternoons when I'm on hole eight. What what <laughs> what, what time? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock Central Time on American Family Radio. Thanks, Frank. God bless you guys. See you. Take See care. you on Twitter. <laughs> What we believe about the Bible is based on what we believe about its source. The God Who Speaks, the award-winning documentary from the American Family Association, is now available in a special limited edition DVD set. This release includes a Sunday school curriculum and two hours of additional footage. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to get your copy today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. A crime wave is sweeping across the nation. There are plenty of reasons why. During the early days of the pandemic, Democrats opened up prisons, unleashing professional criminals under our streets. Democrats also led efforts to defund the police. Many cities simply do not have the resources needed to fight crime, but not in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Citizens in that community respect the police, and they also respect the rule of law. Sheriff Bob Johnson recently made national headlines when he arrested a serial burglar. At least one homeowner tried to shoot the bad guy, earning praise from the sheriff. He says if anyone breaks into your home in Santa Rosa County, you have permission to shoot the burglar. As a matter of fact, he encourages homeowners to shoot back to save taxpayers a few dollars. (laughs) I love it. Be sure to get a copy of my latest book, Our Daily Biscuit, available right now at toddstarns.com. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness 
and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Colossians 1.13 American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Let me uh, remind you folks that uh, there is still time to join us, sign up to join us for our spiritual heritage tours in September. So uh, we're going to go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. So much early American history there. It's just incredible what you can see in three days there. Uh, in uh, two and a half days there in uh, that area, Williamsburg, Colonial Williamsburg, Jamestown, New Yorktown, we're going there. With Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, he's going to be our historian to join us all along the way. And we're going to the uh, original, I mean, Jamestown, just celebrated, what, 400 years, uh, or, or the uh, first English colony settlement. Yeah. <clears throat> In the New World, uh, and, uh, well, f- they celebrated 400 years. It's been like 20 years ago. So, okay. And then uh, Williamsburg and Yorktown, of course, the Battle of Yorktown, so significant in our country's history, which led to the surrender of the British, basically, after Yorktown, and George Washington led us there. And then we're going to Washington, D.C., and George Washington's Mount Vernon estate on a separate tour, but the tours are back-to-back in case you're coming in from Somewhere around the country where you want to go, well, I just want to spend Saturday to Saturday with you guys <clears throat> and see all this. Right. Uh, you can <clears throat> you can do that. So <clears throat> the dates are for Williamsburg, Jamestown, Yorktown are September the 18th through the 21st. And then we're bussing to D.C. and we'll be there September 21 through the 25th. So this fills up pretty quick, doesn't it? Yeah, we're, we're about full, uh, quite honestly. I don't always speak quite honestly, but I am now. (laughs) Well, thank Um, you for being honest about that. (laughs) That was a good one, Ed. Yeah. See you on Twitter. See you on Twitter. Uh, So uh, if you want more information, we got the cost and the itinerary and frequently asked questions, everything you need to know about the tours that I just mentioned. If you want to join us in September, it's a great weather month in uh, the Mid-Atlantic. SpiritualHeritageTours.com. SpiritualHeritageTours.com is the website. So check it out. We would love to have you join us for these very special tours. You're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios is our Director of Governmental Affairs. I say our for American Family Association. She represents us. In our nation's capital, she's also host of Sandy Reels in the morning, weekdays at seven from seven to eight Central Time on AFR, and <clears throat> Sandy joins us on Tuesdays, uh, most Tuesdays that we can work it out. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Tim, and a big congratulations. Yeah, for our shareathon. I know that was incredible. What a blowout, Tim. I- that was just, uh, we went out, we, we shattered a record here at American Family Radio. Sandy's talking about our share 
our fundraiser from last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, $4 million, Sandy, we raised. I know. And then uh, over, uh, was it over 20000 uh, Right. No, at, I think it was over. Between over nineteen and 20000 yes. That was not a record, but was Cl- still very good. Actually, I came back and learned that it was a record. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a record. I thought it was, and then one of my subordinates uh, tried to correct me. <laughs> They did correct me in a gentle way. You know how you do with your boss. You right. know, boss, I think maybe <laughs> yeah, you're I think maybe. <laughs> not not that you're wrong. They don't say you're right. right. But then they came back and said, "Boss, you were right in the first." Which time. he should have known, huh? He should have known that you well, gonna, you were going to be wind up being right. 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 So <laughs> most bosses are right, whether they're right or wrong. <laughs> that's, right. That's right. Uh, anyway, we're mostly honest. Yeah, mostly that's honest right. Anyway, Sandy, <laughs> hey, you, you know you're right, Sandy. We need we're we're celebrating that. We're praising God for that. And our, our list, I know you have you just have a tremendous listenership uh, in, in the mornings. Talk about some of your so talk about the Sandy Sandy crew there. Well, you know. Uh, you know, I, what I've noticed through the years as I've done radio for such a long time now, when I first started in the 90s in Chicago, one of the hesitations that they had about um, hiring someone, I never had, I didn't have a track record in radio, so they didn't, except I did voiceover work. They knew I had a great voice. Okay, they thought I had a great voice. Uh, but I'd never done my own show. Uh, and they told me that the stats showed that men don't like to listen to women. Uh, that per, women's voices are, they just don't have the same authority. And for the most, that's why almost, it was almost all men on radio at that time. And so I started in an early afternoon show, and then I took the drive time show, which is three hours, which is the the prime spot for uh, big market radio. And so what, what I'm telling you all this to say, this is the strange thing that happens to me. And it's happened now more than once, and I think it's happened here too, is over the course of time, I end up drawing an audience not just of men, but of a lot of men. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's because I've never, never thought, I don't think in terms of gender, I don't break it down. I'm probably not like your, I am not really a girl's, I'm a woman and I'm feminine, but I'm not a like a, a girl's issue person. And and so uh, for whatever reason, I think God has used that in my life to to make the audience broad. And we have a lot of listeners all over the map, you know, from um, male to female to young to old, um, and we're, we're, the audience is growing, and they are just so smart, Tim. When they call, they make the most Im- incredible points. Uh, they have knowledge that I, that I lack, and it's just really fun. It just really is an exchange of ideas, and deep spiritually. Not all of them. Some of them are on a journey. You know, they, they enjoy listening. That's the other thing that I've always, that's been one of my goals, and I think that God has helped me to accomplish that, is because I uh, certainly... Believe in Jesus, and I never hide that, not for a minute. But I don't lead with that, and I only say it when it's natural. I don't look for a, a, a scripture verse and a poem for every point that I make, and I don't talk just about Christ, things in the Christian community. I do think that's the way God, I've always said I'm the radio host to the Gentiles, you know. That, <laughs> that's good. And I think, it, I think it's true. That's just where my heart has gone. When I used to be a singer, I, I got bored singing in churches. Uh, because I thought they they know all of this. This is this is not a challenge. It's not even important. What I'm doing is not that important. Let me sing to prisoners in the in the jail. Let me sing to you know hostile audiences, which is what I did as often as I could. And I think that 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 kind of is reflected in my audience because not everyone uh, believes the same thing that we believe. And I welcome them to the table. Let's talk about it. So that's that's how I view my audience. If that's 
clear as mud. Yeah, you know, it. That what you were just talking about reminds me of the old joke about the kids' Sunday school class where the, the teacher's saying, okay, what is small and gray and has a bushy tail and lives in trees? And the little boy said, well, I know the answer's Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me. <laughs> because, you know, it, I, I think you make a great, great point. Christians need to be able to relate their faith to the topic at hand, and you can get Jesus in there sometimes, but if you're talking about the economy and inflation, for example, or you're talking about what just happened with regards to Twitter, sometimes when you try to shoehorn Jesus in, you I, I don't want to say it, you do more harm than good, but you can lose the person you're trying to influence for Jesus, right? I think so, and I think that um, a consistent, steady witness for the truth of the gospel, the truth of scripture, the people of the book, is woven into everything that we do and think. And we don't think in scripture verses, we think in principles, and we, but we are constantly filtering it through uh, what we've learned in scripture as we've, as we've tried to take on the mind of Christ. So Jesus himself didn't, you know, didn't do, he talked about all kinds of things in, in his parables. Right. Uh, he didn't necessarily, you know, so I just think that what's natural, God wants us to be, this is the, our faith is the natural outgrowth of our personal devotional life. And uh, as things come to our lips that are blatantly scriptural or mentions of Jesus or his principles or scripture verses, then we say them. I never hold back. That's the thing. I, you know, used to they used to talk about. You remember when they talked about crossover music and how Christian music right. didn't say anything about God, but it was Christian. But you know, it seemed to me there's a little bit of phoniness going on there because they went out of their way to talk, not to talk about God. That's not what I've ever done. Right. I think that's wrong. I, I if I, uh, and I also, if people want to know how to witness to unbelieving neighbors or unbelieving friends, I always say, don't ever edit your natural conversation about your faith. So that, what do I mean by that? For instance, I'm talking to a Jewish friend and we're having lunch about, we're talking about groceries. I don't know what we're talking about. Are paying our bills or some dilemma or whatever. And if I think to myself, you know, I need to pray about that, I will say that. Or I have prayed. My husband and I are praying about that. I won't hold withhold because she's Jewish and she wouldn't like to hear that. Right. That's when we get in trouble. Don't don't edit the natural outflow of your faith in Christ. I like that. That's a good way of putting it. <clears throat> Absolutely. Sandy Rios joining us. Uh, Sandy, what do you got coming up in the morning? Do you know yet? I. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't remember. I the, the, here's the thing: I've been in the studio doing taping since five thirty, oh, and I just uh, did. So, it's all so started, I've, right. I can tell you what I'm doing Friday. Friday is going to be next week is the first uh, set of primaries in this ro- go round. It's going to be Ohio and Indiana on Tuesday, and so I've been covering various states and what they are doing leading up to these primaries. Some okay. great stories. Really exciting things are happening. Okay. And so um, that's well, what will be Friday show. Well, maybe next Tuesday when you're on with us then, we can talk about some of those yeah. stories. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Yes. All right, Sandy, have a good day. Thanks. Okay, you too. Thanks a okay. lot, you guys. Bye-bye. Nice to talk to you always. You, Bye-bye. You too. Well, Sandy's just a superstar. We're just blessed to have her. We, you know, we've got, we've got some 
really talented, mature Christians on our radio network. Some of our hosting our shows. And You're stuff. embarrassing me. Stop. <laughs> Huh? I'm just, I'm, I'm a man like you. Yeah. <laughs> you put you put your pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> no, but Sandy, Sandy's excellent. So yeah, we're just she blessed is. to have her. Right. And, uh, she's, yeah, and we've told that story a, a bunch, but uh, God brought Sandy to yeah. us. Uh, and I was watching her on Bill O'Reilly's show one night about, what, 10 years ago or so, 11, 12 years ago? Yeah, it's been a while. And she was frustrated because Bill O'Reilly wouldn't let her talk, basically. Yeah. And then I said, and I knew who Sandy was because she'd worked with my dad. Concerned because uh, she was president of Concerned Women, Women for, for America, America for, for two years. But I didn't know Sandy as a friend, really. Right. I just knew, you know, professional, professionally, I knew who she was, but I had not dealt with her much. But uh, I just felt bad for her. And I thought, uh, I, God just impressed on me. And I don't say this every day. I need to call her. Yeah. So I got her phone number and I called her up and I, I we needed somebody in the morning Yeah. at that time on AFR. And I thought, I'm just going to ask her, you know, all she can do is say no. Right. 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 So I said, Hey, cause I knew she had radio experience. Yes. I knew she was sharp. I knew she was a devoted Christian. I know. And, uh, she and knew we, our issues. We knew our issues, and we needed somebody like her. Yeah. So I asked her, and uh, I think a, a day or two later, she said yes. So the one thing she said was uh, doing a morning show for an hour, and she knew we had video cameras in most of our studios for our hosts, and she said no videos. <laughs> for that no, early. No no video for me in the morning, okay? I'm not going to get up and do my hair and whatever makeup right. at 4 o'clock for the show. So I said, okay, no cameras. So she's never had any camera. She's about the only show during the day where we have no live video stream. Yeah, for that reason. But by anyway, the, by the way, that in in that story, because uh, I've heard her tell it, she was really discouraged. Yes, at she that was. Point. Yeah, and she, she said she was crying almost. And yeah, he, and she was praying, God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, here comes Tim Wildman on the phone. Yeah. Hey. Right. So right. God, God, our God is yeah. amazing. Amen. You know, amen. So Sandy's been with us ever since you're listening to today's issues. That's the name of this show on the American family radio network. Should you want to send us an email, go to comments at AFR.net. That's the address, the email address comments at AFR.net. Next story, Steve. Well, the other thing that happened yesterday that was of note to us anyway, um, Coach Joe Kennedy was at the Supreme Court yesterday. He's the coach in Bremerton, Washington, that uh, was dinged or was actually fired for kneeling in prayer at the 50-yard line by himself quietly after a football game. And uh, the school said, well, you can't have people praying. And so he was at the Supreme Court. And according to reports, it looks uh, the, the Supreme Court looks to be heading his way, leaning towards allowing him to have this kind of uh, religious expression. Well, we, I certainly hope so. As I said on the show yesterday, uh, this should be a no-brainer. There should be no way a school could fire, can fire a coach for having prayer at the 50-yard line. It doesn't matter if it's school property. As, as people have said, I think as the Supreme Court has said, um, a Christian or a person with any kind of religious background does not, they do not surrender their constitutional rights when they enter school property. Um, uh, well, also, as I understand it, uh, he was the head football. Was he head or assistant? He was. I think he was the head coach. Head okay, coach. of a high school in the state of Washington, a public high school. And uh, it was after the game. 
So, and after the locker room uh, was over, so he's already talked to his team. They're free to go home. I can't imagine you a know. whole lot of people left in the stands either. Right. And so, yeah. So he's not, so he just goes out and prays. Uh, at the, and it became known, and the school said you can't do that. That's what this is about. Because Christians would join him, even even young people, yeah. even members of the opposing team. Voluntarily. You're right. This, nobody's compelled. Nobody's denied playing time if they don't show up with me after the game. I'm talking about if you're Coach Kennedy. So uh, that's that's what's being heard at the Supreme Court. And the interesting thing was the Supreme Court uh, agreed to hear the case. They didn't have to. Right. Three of the justices, three or four? Four have to hear. Four, four uh, has said, we want to hear this case, yeah. which bodes well for Coach Kennedy and his lawyer at First Liberty. We put in a call to our friends at First Liberty their constitutional law firm in Dallas that represents Christians uh, on religious uh, freedom issues, and uh, hopefully we'll get them. Brent, did you hear back from them? Just got an email from them, and uh, they cannot be on today, but I'm working for either tomorrow or Thursday. Okay, because we'd like to know uh, how it went. Yeah, I went at the Supreme, in the Supreme Court with the justices. You know, for us, it seems like such a no-brainer that someone should be able to privately kneel. Uh, you know, um, it, it, groups like First Liberty on some level might be thinking this is like great go bring it because this isn't like this isn't uh this isn't like leading a prayer over the loudspeaker right if you're the principal this is uh not 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 like not like that so we'll see what happens but it yeah it would be a great victory for coach kennedy and for and for um you know religious freedom you know, I remember when I was, and many, many baby boomers can remember this day and era I'm t- about to talk about in America's public schools. But I remember uh, when I was in high school, this was in, in Tupelo, back in the 70s, late 70s, early 80, 80s, uh, I graduated in 81. But uh, we, we would have Monday morning devotion over the loudspeaker, uh, student led. Uh huh. It would usually it was a fellowship of Christian athletes representative, right. somebody like that. So the the principal would do the announcement for the week, and then he would come on and say, "And now we're going to have our Monday morning devotion with uh, the FCA." I mean, that was over the loudspeaker. Yeah. And I remember l- we're learning to read in public school uh, in the seventies again by the, the teacher giving us the 23rd Psalm to memorize. Uh, but it was part of it. It wasn't, you know, part of it. It was part of it. Wonder, yeah. In other words, the, there wasn't even any talk of, wow, right. you're violating people's religious uh, personal rights or anything right. like that. So I don't know if you guys experienced it. Well, you were homeschooled. No, you? I wasn't. I, I uh, Up and until like in California, grade, uh, I was in overseas. California, we were already – uh, liberal enough in California that this was an issue that we I never heard anything over the uh, speaker. It really wasn't such an issue like everybody's talking about it. But none of my teachers open. I don't remember opening the day with a pledge of allegiance. Certainly no prayer. There might have been a prayer at the. So you are already communist. We were already there. <laughs> well, and I grew up in uh, New, New Hampshire, and now we did have the pledge of allegiance. I do remember that. But there was <clears throat> public or Catholic school. No, I, I I was in public school up until high school. My mom and dad put me in an all boys Catholic high school. Uh, so I went to 
so that was a different experience because uh, there were there were Christian elements in that. But in terms of public school, no, nothing, never any prayer. Uh, we did have the Pledge of Allegiance, um, and in fact, I never I never heard I never heard the gospel anywhere. You know, in public school, connected with it, didn't know if there were any teachers who were Christians. I, I mean, none of that. So it, it, so the, the silver lining, I think, in the secular effort to push Christianity out of the public schools is that Christians have become more bold about their faith. And I think that's, that part's a good thing. Like Sandy was talking about. Yeah. They, they, you, you will have – well, I've mentioned it before. I, I have, growing up, play, paid a lot of attention to sports. I never remember an athlete talking about his faith, okay? Now you hear it much more frequently. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a good that's a good sign, but I think it's in response to the secularization of our culture. Yeah. Next story, Steve. Well, we had every day Jed Psaki in uh, Washington, the White House spokeswoman, gives a press briefing. And uh yesterday was no If that's uh, what you want to call it. Well, she briefs the press. I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, she had a couple interesting comments yesterday that left people scratching their head. I'm going to start with this one. A um a reporter asked her, we don't hear the question here, but asked her uh, about the um, the border uh, crisis, what's going on at the border, whether or not uh, the, 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 they felt responsible at all for what was going on at the no, border. No, excuse me for interrupting. Specifically, it's the death of the National Guardsman. Did she comment on that? Different, we... different clip. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, I just want you to hear what she has to say about guarding the border in general. Then I'll get to that other clip, clip two. I would just say if we just dial it back a few years to kind of what we inherited here, uh, the former president invested billions of dollars in a border wall that was never going to work or be effective instead of working towards comprehensive immigration reform. As part of the president's proposal, he put forward on his first day in office, he proposed investing in smarter security at the border, something he'd be happy to work uh, with governors on. And and certainly we're, we're open to having that conversation whenever they're ready to do that. Go ahead, Vijay. You know what? She raises my blood pressure, <laughs> uh, and that's hard to do. That and uh, three putting <laughs> for golfers, they know what I'm talking about. But that that right there is a bunch of to borrow from Biden is a bunch of malarkey. Right. Uh, listen, lady, <laughs> <laughs> are you supposed to say? Can you say that today? Yeah, I'm talking to her. Well, I'm, I'm, talk- little bi- I, I'm little biologist. I, I know, I'm talking but I, to I think you can. <laughs> Jen Saki right there. Okay, and she shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. I don't know if she, I didn't hear the whole press conference. She's intentionally conflating two different issues to avoid answering the question. Right. And, and it's intentional. We're talking about, we're not talking about comprehensive immigration reform. Okay? That's not what, that's not what the question's about. That's a topic for another day. How, how many people you want to give amnesty to, pathway to citizenship, uh, all that stuff. Okay. We're talking about an, a crisis at the border now where you've let 2 million people flood over illegally into our country since he's been president. And the floodgates are about to be opened even wider with this uh, end of the uh, Rule 42 or whatever they call it, that even Democrats are saying, whoa, we can't do this. This is going to be a chaos. And Jen Psaki doesn't even answer the question. About how they're, 
What she needs to be answering, if this were a legitimate answer, and it, and it, is she needs to be saying, here's how we shut down illegal entry into our country. This is, and this is what we're doing about it. We're sending National Guard. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're stopping people. We're returning people. We're holding people uh, at the border. We're not letting them flood in. That, that has nothing to do with, quote, comprehensive um, uh, immigration, Im- reform. immigration reform. Now, she did say something there at the end about high-tech security or something like that, which went undefined. And she mocked President Trump for trying to put up a border wall, which the Democrats tried to block him at every turn, wouldn't right. give him the money for it or anything like that. Because uh, why, why she wants to mock a president for putting putting up a trying to put up a barrier, physical barrier, uh, when Biden just put up physical physical barriers around uh, his uh, New, New uh, Delaware estate. I would say Jen Psaki. Look outside. We're at the White House. See those walls? Right. See the fence out there? It serves a purpose. Yes. Does it stop everybody from coming over? No, not necessarily. There are some crazies that try to jump the fence. But it does have a purpose, and it's worthwhile, and it is a physical barrier, which the people who want to come into the White House have to consider and contend with. She All she does is say, uh, what, what did she say there? She said, uh, the former president built a wall that everybody knew wasn't going to work. Right. That's not, e- that's not even your issue. Right. And it's a lie. And it is. It is a lie. And, and it's, not even the, it's not even the point of the question. Well, and right after January 6th, remember that, which the Democrats will yeah. make live in history. <laughs> infamy. You know, infamy. They put up barriers all the way around the White Nancy House Pelosi. And, the, and, the, and the Capitol. Capitol. They put up yep. big fences. Yep. Why? Because they work. Yep. Uh, and so for her to answer the question, her she is the snarkiest. She is snarky. uh, snarkiest press secretary I can ever remember, Democrat or Republican. Yeah. And she's very dismissive. Well, she'll fit in well over at MSNBC <laughs> if she ever makes it. Her and Joy Reid. That'll, that'll be a, isn't that her name? Is she on MSNBC or CNN? Uh, no, Joy Reid is MSNBC. MSNBC. You okay. Don't, you don't watch it up. I don't. I just, tw- I just tweet. That's <laughs> all I do. Listen, ladies, we'll be back in a minute. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.